This is Issues 2023. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Sedgwick County Public Works Director Lynn Packer. Welcome to Issues 2023, Lynn. Thank you, Steve. Now, now, how long have you been Public Works Director? I've actually just now been Public Works Director for one year, one full year. Just, just celebrating a year on the job, huh? That's correct. I've been with Public Works now for 23 years, but just this last year as director. That's what I was going to ask you. What did you do before you got the director job? You worked for... Uh, I, ser- I served uh, various positions uh, throughout the years, but most recently as deputy director of Public Works. Um, I started out as an engineer in training way back in 2000. Okay. And where are you from, Lynn? Originally, I'm from San Diego, California. <laughs> well... There's got to be a story there. <laughs> yeah, there's a pretty good long story to that. But okay. The short answer is my wife is from Winfield. How about that? Uh, and we ended up out here. Oh, that's a great town. I like Winfield. All yeah. right. Uh, let's try to get, if you will, let's try to get a handle on the scope of your responsibilities. Like, how many employees are in your department, Lynn? So right now we have about 125 employees. Okay. Uh, uh, that we are, I should say, 125 positions. We only got about 100 of those positions filled right now. Okay, we'll talk about that more here in a minute. Uh, that <laughs> many, how many miles of roadway are you responsible for? Uh, we have 603 miles of road uh, that we maintain in the unincorporated parts of the county. And uh, how many how many bridges in Sedgwick County? We have 607 bridges. We have more bridges than any other county or city in the state except for KDOT. Um, with all the rivers we have around here, we have lots of crossings. So that ended up with 607 bridges. Wow. And we were talking about that the other day with somebody, and it, the fact that, well, they replaced the bridge down here in Wichita over that, uh, on, uh, on Meridian, which uh, a, the topics come up. Uh, how often do you have to inspect them? Uh, we actually inspect them every other year. That is required by uh, FHWA at the federal level. Uh, every bridge uh, size structure gets uh, reviewed every two years. And what do you look for there? It's just erosion of the concrete, or how about the, the you know the bed that it's on? I mean, the 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 earth and so forth. All of that. We look at the deck, uh, the sounding of the deck. We look underneath uh, the, the substructure, the superstructure. We make sure uh, all the bridges, their decks. Uh, they sit on what we call pier caps. Uh, that's an, that's a, a lot of place where when the bridge is coming, uh, water's coming off the bridges, tends to fall on those pier caps and erode that steel and that concrete. So we're looking at that. We're looking at uh, where the pier is going to the ground, making sure that it's still got some uh, good uh, cover. We're not eroding around it. Um, all those things are taken into consideration. And how, I'm sorry, how many bridges did you say you have in, count, in the county? 607 right now. Ooh, wow. Okay. Um, do any of the, do any of the bridges need to be replaced right now? Yes. So we have about 30 right now that we have our eyes on, uh, programmed. Um, I think we have somewhere in the neighborhood of, I think we got about 15 of them programmed, um, for replacement in the next five to eight years. Um, we try to get to our bridges before they're obviously before they're critical. Uh, we have a very good sound bridge program. Uh, obviously being able to go out there and look at those bridges every other year is instrumental in being able to get these programmed in a timely manner. Let's get on top of the bridge and the, and the pavement up there. Is that repaving? Is that kind of a never ending project or 
Uh, you know, on the on the roads themselves, without a doubt, uh, we have a very stout uh, pavement preservation program. Uh, we try to touch our roads every six, seven years uh, to give them some type of an overlay or a refresh or some type of a, you know, just getting some oil back into that top aggregate uh, to keep that asphalt flexible. That's key. Um, and uh, that is a never-ending uh, uh, project for us, and, it, and, it, and it sh- it, that's the way it should be. You know, we're out there every year working on probably anywhere from 60 to 75 miles of road. Yeah, did you, what, is, what kind of material do you actually use in, in paving a, a roadway now? Is it so, just uh, asphalt, our, or is there other? Or yeah, for it? us, it's mostly asphalt. Uh, we do have some concrete roads out there. Uh, we have uh, 61st Street South by I, uh, or 61st Street North near ICM um, uh, that has concrete uh, down uh, by the Cotton Co-op. We have some concrete. Those areas, we know we're going to get some more. Uh, truck traffic, heavy traffic, we might go ahead and use concrete. Um, but generally, uh, we like asphalt for roads. It's a little form, more forgiving uh, when the subgrade, but with that, that material that's below the road, when that starts to, to uh, undulate and move, uh, asphalt can actually move with it to a certain degree without cracking. So we like asphalt. Mm-hmm. And that was about 90, probably 7% of our roads are asphalt. And what about the surfaces of... Uh unpaved roads, the dirt roads out there. What can you do with that? So out in our roads that we have that are what we call, around here we just blanket refer to them as gravel roads. Gravel, Um, okay. Most of our townships and the county uh, put some type of a road gravel on top of them. Uh, You will find areas uh, throughout the states that really do use like a dirt road um, or even a sand on top of the road. Uh, we use aggregate uh, to try to go ahead and get some type of a, a, a you know, definitely not an all-weather surface. I'm not going to go that far. Uh, but it'll hold up to traffic generally is, is, um, through most weather and give a, a decent driving surface as much as possible. Now look at some of the, some of the intersections uh, around in the rural areas around our county. I uh, had an accident this week in Butler County. Um, there are a lot of, uh, I, I would have to call them open intersections out there, and um, many of them have signs and stop signs and signals, but what, uh, what is your level of, uh, of confidence that we've got our, our intersections well protected? Uh, you know, for the county? most part, I've, I'm very satisfied with the level of protection we have at our intersections overall. That's not saying everywhere we've got everything up that needs to, to, needs to be there. Um, we're right now conducting four, five different intersection studies and a couple of corridor, road corridor studies right now just to see, you know, because traffic changes all the time. New businesses come in, a new Walmart comes in, uh, new stores come in, and traffic moves. And um, so with that, we need to reevaluate constantly uh, where traffic is, is heading and, 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 and that oftentimes has impacts on those intersections. Yeah. So we're looking to see where uh, those changes have occurred and whether we need to go ahead and look at those intersections and those uh, traffic control measures. Uh, we have warrants, what we call warrants we need to meet to be able to, to install uh, uh, specific uh, 
traffic control devices. And the reason why we do that is it's following guidelines from the Federal Highway Administration. Um, and it's really the best way to go about it. You don't want to signalize every single intersection. Traffic is just going to back up and go mad. Um, you're going, you don't want to throw flashing lights at every single intersection. Uh, when you do that, um, the human factors parts of it comes into it. And human factors, if, if you see it every day, especially on a commuter type route, you're going to st- eventually, um, you're uh, not going to recognize it anymore. It's not that you don't see it. Your brain just doesn't recognize it anymore because it's a constant. Um, and, uh, so therefore we try to be very deliberate in our steps and, and working up to, um, going through very, uh, specific steps we go through to, um, add traffic control devices to our intersections and our roadways. It may be just a personal uh, impression, but, uh, my wife and I agree that, uh, we are seeing, it seems to me, we're seeing a lot of people going through, uh, yellow lights that are pretty much red when they, uh, when they go through it. It seems like a lot of people are cheating a little bit on that but that's got to be dangerous so you know it definitely i'm not sure the reason for uh for the uptick lately in the wichita metro area uh but without a doubt you are exactly right it is happening a lot more i just i'm right now teaching my my son to drive i a couple years ago i taught my daughter to drive and i you know this is what i do obviously but just being in that position where I'm in the passenger seat watching them, trying to help them, you know, guide them on the roads, I notice more than anything uh, what people are doing out there. And running red lights has become a very common theme, mm. um, and it's extremely dangerous. Yes. And, you know, as, as many as sometimes they do make it through there, there's that time when they don't, and, you know, you, you have everyone, you know, the news, it's on the news when that happens. You bet. What about let's for for something here? Let's talk about uh, railroad crossings out in in the county. And again, you can't put up. Uh, I don't think you can put up uh, those special arms for every crossing on every road, can you? No, the fun. Yeah, it's not something that uh, is really warranted at every crossing. Um, but not only that, but we need to work with the railroad in particular. The crossings themselves are belong to the railroads. Um, and then the advanced warning signs uh, and is is uh, once you get away from the railroad tracks is where uh, the cities or the counties then have jurisdiction over those traffic control measures. You're listening to Issues 2023 on the Odyssey radio stations, and our guest is Sedgwick County Public Works Director Lynn Packer. Uh, you know the, the weather sometime it's it's going to it's going to turn ugly here in the winter time. It had, we've had a pretty good break I think so far this fall, but. Uh, it's going to be ugly out there. How many, how many trucks and plows does the county have for weather-related treatment, Lynn? You know, we have uh, 20 plows with spreaders on them, and we also have another 13 motor graders that typically take care of, like, our gravel roads and regrade those roads, but we also, we also can employ them for, uh, sand, or for snow removal. This last storm we got, wow, that was, a, that was a doozy of a first storm of the year for us. How, how how so? Did you use a lot a lot of salt and sand, or, or how was you it? know? Uh, we used a, a good amount. I think we came out just under five thousand tons of uh, salt sand was put out. Um, but uh, really, for us, we have a relatively young crew. Uh, we're as I mentioned earlier, we're we're struggling with staffing. 
We have uh, uh, mostly our field crews. I think they are 18 uh, and uh, spots down. Uh, we we try to have about uh, 70. Uh, it's about 75 people we have that actively work snow removal for us. Uh, we only had about 54, 55 available to us this last storm. And when eight inches comes through on your first storm of the year, and we've got guys that this is their first storm, we have other guys who, you know, they may have worked snow plows someplace else before, but this is the first time here on our routes. Um, and then you throw eight inches on them first time out. Uh, it's, uh, I had a, a uh, the weekend uh, went by very stressful for me. I will, but I will tell you, our guys did phenomenal, great job. You know, we had some issues and hiccups here and there, but for you know, Mother Nature throwing us eight inches on our first time out, they did a great job. Wonderful. I, I couldn't be happier. I've heard the same thing uh, from other agencies around because they're dealing with the same thing with hiring some new truck drivers and uh, just really needed those guys to step up. And they all did a really good job in this, around this area. You know, come to think of it, you're, you're right. I, I thought, wait a minute, that wasn't that bad a storm. But it's been a while. It's been quite a while since we had eight inches of snow, uh, you know, in one storm in this yep, area. It has. A long time. Really? Yes. We, we really, uh, we started operating uh, about nine o'clock in the morning on Saturday and we did not finish up until uh, about three thirty on Monday uh, with all of our snow operations. So our guys worked uh, 12 hour alternating 12 hour shifts that whole time uh, coming in. And that's all we had our guys doing is was working on, you know, either loading and reloading our trucks or out there, you know, snowplow, uh, getting everything, uh, you know, taken care of. And they did a, just a great job. Was that a storm where you could do any pre, pre-treatment or would that have done any good? Um, normally, yes. Uh, they were calling for some precipitation beforehand, so nobody did any pre-treatment because it, when you get that water uh, on the road beforehand, it just watches the pre-treatment off. Yeah, um, yeah. So we, we, uh, no one did. We ended up not. It just came in right off the bat with snow. However, the other thing we typically find is when we get our first snow and we and our, and our, our roads are still kind of warm um, and, and they're still above freezing, when you do the pretreatment, it just doesn't work as well. Mm. Um, when you've already got your road and your subgrades already frozen and you put the treatment, that's when it works really the best. So we're just using a regular salt brine when we put down our pretreatment. Um, and that's the kind of the white lines you see going down the lanes as you drive a couple of days before a storm. You see them on Kellogg and, and, and your roads a couple of days ahead of a storm. That's, the, that's that salt brine that's going down that helps with the freezing. No matter what you do in that situation, are there, are there people who are just going to complain <laughs> complain about it? <laughs> because uh, blame Without you a for, doubt. I blame mean, you for the weather. Yeah. Yep. You're going to, it's the weather It is the idea that, you know, they're just not, you know, ready for, uh, taking a specific vehicle out or something like that. Yeah. However, I will say overall though, um, very few calls received overall. Most people, you know, that have, especially if they've lived here a few years, they get it. They understand it. Uh, they're, they're thankful to have the roads. Um, I personally believe, even though I did grow up in, in San Diego, um, I've been here for 23 uh, years now. 
And uh, I, I think Wichita, KDOT, Cedric County do a, a, just a great job getting our roads cleared out here and, and working together. We all work together. Uh, we clear roads in Wichita. They clear some of our, you know, we, we plow roads that make sense. So, our, our, you know, we don't have crews U-turning in the middle of roads to go back into their jurisdiction. Yeah. So everyone helps each other out, and all of the 20 cities in Cedric County do it. And it just works out really, really well. It's a, it's a big team effort. Obviously, in San Diego, they don't even have a snowplow. Right? <laughs> out, out in the mountains, we, we do. I think we got one or two. <laughs> okay. Uh, so how much, how much salt and sand do you actually use in a year, Lynn? You know, uh, it varies per year. Uh, the last few years, it's been really light. We haven't seen, as you noted, we haven't seen a, even an 8-inch snow. We got a, I think last year was a... Almost a three-inch snow was our most, and maybe that year before that wasn't even three inches. Um, so we went through very little salt. Um, but just to give you an idea, yesterday we, you know, like a, um, or excuse me, uh, when this past storm came up, mm-hmm. we had about eight inches, and we put about five thousand pounds worth of salt down. Mm-hmm. So um, we can go through. Uh, well, we get multi-day storms. We could end up putting, you know, out eight to ten thousand pounds of, of material out there, and that's just us in the county. Mm. So, uh, let's uh, switch gears a little bit here. Uh, what is the uh, ARC ninety five project, Lynn? So, uh, ARC is Arc. So it's our Arkansas River Crossing ninety fifth Street, and that is a proposed project that would actually create a corridor in the southern portion, in a really southern, southeastern portion of the county that would create a uh, grade separated so it wouldn't be at the same grade as the railroad or highway. It would be over the highway, over the railroad, down 95th Street on the south side of Derby Mm -hmm. that would cross over basically from Greenwich, um, eventually taking it over to Broadway area, Broadway Hydraulic, um, and uh, eventually, um, in the future, it would even carry it all the way to 119th Street West. Um, and uh, but that is the idea is to create a corridor there that would um, really allow for uh, unimpeded traffic over the railroad and highways that would potentially maybe even connect it to uh, the KTA as it goes up through there, uh, connecting, you know, the south part of Hayesville all the way over to Clearwater, back over with Derby, uh, and just allowing for uh, a corridor for commerce as well as just commuter traffic. Can I just, are these, I mean, I envision what's going on here. Is this a highway that goes, what, over the top of these intersections or over the river, the bridges? Yep, or? it would be. And we're referring to it as more of a parkway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're going to have some areas that are closer to the Derby uh, that are probably going to be curb and gutter, 40, 45 miles an hour. And then you're going to have the areas a little further to the west that get out in the rural parts of the county that are going to be are going to be more of a highway-like. Um, and they're going to be open ditch and, and four and five lanes wide. Um, the biggest part of that really is just a bridge structure that's going to span really just from the east side of K-15 over the uh, K-15 over the railroad and then over the Ark River uh. and then connect over there um, and with Bluff Street and getting that. That's a huge first bite of the project. Yeah. That's going to be a pretty long bridge um, that's going to need to connect up through there and uh, get that started. And, and really, and if that's it doesn't matter what we do west of there. We, we need to tackle that part of the project first and get that going. Tell me about uh, 
Adopt a highway. What is that? So the Adopt a Highway program is something we've mirrored from, in our program, uh, we've mirrored it from uh, KDOT, um, and it's, you know, a nationwide program that allows for organizations uh, and volunteers, groups of volunteers, to go out and adopt section, uh, you know, basically uh, sections of roadway that we ask them to go out at least twice a year and just clean up, you know, clean up the trash. And we ask them, you know, we, we have guidelines that need to be followed so it can be done safely um, with, uh, uh, and, you know, as far as making sure on our one side of the road at a the time, they're wearing, you know, protective clothing, you know, for visibility. Um, but the idea is just to, you know, you know, beautify our neighbor, beautify our highways. Uh, a lot of places where this is done, there's, there are kind of some neighborhoods in those areas. So it's just a beautification effort to get all that picked up. Um, we don't go out and pick up trash before we mow. Uh, so all, if, if there's trash out there when we're mowing, a lot of times we don't see it. It just gets eaten up and, you know, it just spreads out. This gets a chance for all that to get picked up before we go out and mow. And it kind of, that ties in with environmental resources and uh, protecting the environment and household hazardous waste. Uh, that's a pretty uh, important part of what you do there, environmental resources. It is extremely important. You know, that component of public works is something that a lot of people, I, I think, is uh, as much as they do try to uh, get the word out. And I think our communications department does a really great job of, of putting their events out on social media. A lot of people just don't know about it. Um, I, I run into people all the time that don't know, you know, over on Stillwell um, and that we have uh, HHI household houses waste facility that will take their old paint and their old cleaning, you know, and their, and their old uh, incandescent bulbs and, and, and light bulbs and, and properly dispose of them. Uh, we had just about a week or two ago, someone came in with about a, a gallon of mercury. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Don't know what it was for, uh, but, you know, you get to cleaning out grandpa's garage and uh, finding everything they've had forever and you find all kinds of things and a lot of places, the best place, you know, in the trash isn't where a lot of that needs to go. It needs to be disposed of properly. And that's what our HHW facility can do for you. Yeah, mercury sounds to me like it's pretty, pretty dangerous. Uh, Without a doubt, it is. <laughs> Not something you want to put down the toilet either. That's correct. <laughs> okay. Uh, so as we you look at the big picture, what, what are your biggest challenges uh, that you face there at Public Works, Lynn? You know, right now, I will be totally honest. It's the same thing I've told commissioners here for about the last year. And our biggest challenge, without the uh, a doubt, is our staffing levels. Um, and that comes from just trying to, uh, you know, keep a um, – a healthy amount of staff, um, you know, regularly uh, on payroll. Uh, we've struggled with pay over the years. Uh, luckily, we have a commission right now that is dedicated to raising the pay and trying to do it in a responsible fashion. And I think that we're on our way. Uh, 20, uh, 2024 uh, saw some um, I saw some good pay increases for uh, employees across the board. Uh, our biggest, you know, we really, really needed to help a lot of our employees were really that kind of entry-level jobs that didn't require any certifications or licenses. You, can, you know, the kind of job you can get right out of, out of school or, or right out of high school or right out of tech school. And uh, we finally got a chance to get those raised up, and all our jobs are now over $15 an hour, which is wonderful. It, it's getting us up there to compete with, with a little bit of more of the market rate that are out there. Yeah. Now, all right, seems to be a problem throughout uh, our entire city and county. 
uh, and that is finding people to fill these jobs that we have. Hey, listen, uh, thanks for uh, uh, talking with us this morning, getting to know us a little bit, and uh, we look forward to maybe talking to you again in the future about an ongoing uh, challenge of public works in, in Sedgwick County. Our guest is Absolutely. Sedgwick County Public Works Director Lynn Packer. That's all for this edition of Issues 2023. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh.